La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding, ding, dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum. Tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille. Friends, and welcome to a new edition of the French Rugby Connection with moi, Véronique Landieu, from Surrey in the UK, and... With moi, Tom Dixon, it's still in Toulouse in the south of France. Oh, very good. It's nearly spring over there. It is nearly spring. I have got the lawnmower out twice already. Already? And, yeah. And then I had to lock it away in the garage because they said that men were going around with vans stealing lawnmowers. Oh, but, really? <laughs> so, I wouldn't have thought okay, about, no. about a city like Toulouse. I know. Well, I'm in the countryside 20 minutes west of Toulouse. And in the countryside, people can use a drone to see people who have got their grass cut. <laughs> and they can steal the lawnmowers by putting them on a van. And now is the time of year where they're easy to sell. And people often leave the key then lawnmowers as well. How interesting, how sophisticated the burglars are in the <laughs> south of France. I would have thought, but we can recognize your house from miles away because your house got a little bit of a English rugby icon, I believe, on its roof. Indeed. Do you know what the English is for une girouette? Une girouette, I, I forgot. It's a, it? it's a weather vane. A weather vane. And it's true on my weather vane. Here near Toulouse, I have a silhouette of Johnny Wilkinson leaning forward and preparing to kick a goal with his hands clasped. Like iconic image, Veronique. I know, amazing, amazing. <laughs> Was it a, a, a specially made for you? Or? I, I did. I had it made in England on commission. One of the joys of living in the south of France is that you have an awful lot of roof. And so when you have to have your roof replaced, it's amazingly big and amazingly expensive. So by getting a, a weather vane made was a fitting tribute to the new roof. So I was very happy with it. And it does stop the traffic. People come and look. <laughs> oh, wow. Amazing. So, okay. So you live about 20 minutes away from Toulouse. That's all we're going to say. But it's, I believe there are some, some former rugby players. Was it like... Oh, we interviewed him last year. Yes, the man with 142 caps and captain of France, Fabien Pelouse. Fabien yes. Pelouse. He goes cycling as his sport nowadays in the French countryside. And he said, oh, you're the guy with Johnny Wilkinson on your weather <laughs> Of course. <laughs> I, said, of I, course. I do apologize for my dog. Why? Because there's 100 meters of frontage, she would have chased you down, barking madly. <laughs> oh dear. Talking about Johnny Wilkinson, that wonderful year in 2003, can you believe it? It's been 20 years since England won the World Cup. So I remember, yeah, I remember when the bus came over and yeah, that was, I wasn't in London, I was working outside oh. London, but it was absolutely amazing. And are, are you still upset that france lost against ireland do you think this means that the future is no longer bright or do you think it's a positive that the future is green rather than blue or mm, no i think uh, the french team will resurface again you know it was a hiccup and you know it's not very pleasant to experience a defeat but it's, it's not without merit it It, to, between the top two countries of the world, for somebody to win away from home, 
that would be a real event. But that didn't the, the home advantage won. So that's that's nothing to get too excited about. It would have been very exciting had the team playing away from home won because that would have been against expectations. Do they say home advantage is worth 10 points nowadays? Yes, but guess what? You know, the French won in two years ago. So it was quite a small score, not many points difference, but they still won. So it was, I think they won three times again, the Irish, you know, in the last three games. So I suppose, you know, everything comes comes to an end. Anyway, let's speak about France against Scotland. Oh, average age of the French squad is 26.3. Average age of the Scottish squad, can you guess? I don't know, 28? Exactly. Almost wow, I must be psychic. And the average selections, the average number of caps in the French team is 31.5. And with an average age 1.9 years later, the Scottish team have average number of caps compared to 31.5. They've got 37.5. So, you know, an extra year's play and an extra six caps. So, two very young teams, two very exciting teams playing brilliantly at the moment. Yes. So, uh, very much looking forward to it. But coming to the Stade de France, Scotland will believe they can win, but will they win? Veronique, what's your opinion? Oh, that's, well, being at home, you should, should should prove an advantage for the French team, of course, being part of their turf. But Scotland have nothing to lose, and they have the magicians. They have Finn Russell. Indeed, who is not quite playing at home. He's playing about 10 kilometres away from home. But indeed, and Scotland, of course, are on a winning streak and are on target for a Grand Slam. And neither of those things can be said about France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that should be an interesting an interesting game. So, uh, Fabien Gatier will announce his player tomorrow on Friday. Is that true? Okay. We believe Jonathan Dante is still off sick. And I think the team has really been missing him, actually. I think he's, he's left a gaping hole. He's doing okay, but there's just a lack of cohesion in the back, isn't there? Yes, having some issue with the number fifteen, it's a bit not very, very stable. Yeah, because they've been a, they have been a few a few players such as Anthony Bautier, Brice Dulin, Melvin Jabinet, and now Thomas Ramos, and a few people are regretting, you know, Melvin Jabinet because he's got a very good long distance kick. But Thomas Ramos has more experience, so you are damn if you do, you are damn if you don't. Well, so. Thomas Ramos has got this great experience of being Pro D2 and Stade Toulousain, and he has a polyvalence. He in Stade Toulousain, he also plays fly half from time to time in a Samrong, and so you can see from a trainer's point of view to have that ability to step in. Uh, he doesn't have to have a yeah. It, 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 it means he can strategize his replacements a lot differently by knowing that his back can play on the wing or can mm-hmm. play fly half as needed. And that's got to be worth something. So maybe Ramos gets gets signed up, to the comes into the squad because of his flexibility rather than his particular skill at number 15. But I have to say, as a Toulouse, I'm very happy to see him at 15. It's, it's wonderful. Definitely, definitely. So, yes. So, what time does he start? I believe it is on Sunday at 3 p.m. English time, 4 p.m. French time. 
So that calls for lunch, full yeah, roast beef lunch and Yorkshire puddings in a pub, followed by watching the rugby or sit at home and light the fire and have the a glass of whiskey in your hand and a bottle of French wine. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. And again, you know, the, the speech of Fabien Gatio is all about repossession and depossession. Can you elaborate a bit further? Yeah, that's not my favorite use of any language, uh, French or other. <laughs> How would you I, say that in English? Well, it is it is repossession. It's uh, it, it's letting go of the ball so you can win it back. Yes. And it's true that France scores and plays brilliantly very well on on the rebound when they the attacking team are allowed to attack and then if they knock it forward in France is 22. France are very good at picking the ball up and counter-attacking, playing yes. advantage. And there's been some fantastic tries recently. In the first match, it was it Jalibert or... No, it was Damien Penault who picked it up. Yes. Ran part of the way, gave it temporarily to the forwards to have a bit of fight and then picked it up and ran... For, which was a, a, a fantastic try. But it's a very... Can you imagine a boxer saying, I'm going to exhaust my opponent by punching his fist with my head it's uh, I'm, I'm going to go a losing way so that i can eventually win it's it's been done but i don't think it's sustainable in the long run and i don't think it, it's sustainable against quality opposition and scotland are quality opposition van der Meer's try against england was the try of the millennium or yes. it was bad english defense Mm-hmm. Well, either, either one of those two is true. So I think playing that dangerous game is, what can I say? It's dangerous. I, th- I think my position's clear on that. I can't add more. Yes. Yeah. Good. So which are the other games? The other games? Well, there's a very interesting one. The England, uh, the Wales versus England game is on. Wales really showed the rest of the world how to have really awful administrators. When we thought France had got it nailed by sending our administrators to jail. Wales managed to get the players on strike, almost. But they sorted their lives out and came to a temporary agreement, and it does have top 14 implications. I'll go on to mm-hmm. in a minute. But the game is on, and I believe, although I've heard conflicting reports on this, I, for me, the time is 4.45pm British time on Saturday. Which is seventeen forty-five, mm-hmm. but I've also heard variations on that on various news reports and t- TV programs may be talking about the lead-up program. But Wales versus England is happening. The pl- the Welsh players will have been mightily discombobulated by the events this week, thinking they're going on strike. So either they're going to come out ferociously fighting, or they're going to keel over and England going to put forty points on them. Mm-hmm. It, it's at the, I'm not allowed to say the Millennium Stadium anymore, is it? It's the Principality Stadium. Oh, really? How come? I, I think didn't the, know that. No, it's the, it's the same building. It's just the name. Yes, I, I know that. Change every now and again. I think. I might be wrong. I don't follow the sponsorship too much, but the, the name might happen. But no, I'm certainly going to watch that match. It'll be an absolute cracker. Uh, it, it, when you have angry players playing in matches like that, you often get a few too many cards. There's people overreact, but nobody can can blame the Welsh players if they're a little over exuberant in their yes. celebrations. 
Yes, it's uh, been going Yes, the Welsh rugby union is not very healthy right now. No, and, and yeah, the players are humans and yes, they are. the mm-hmm. age where they're raising families and they, yes. don't know where they, they can't get a mortgage. They don't know where they're going yes. to have a job uh, yeah. whenever. It's a ridiculous way to play. But the implications of that are for me, I think it's unlikely that Wales will be able to keep four teams going. I think the salary pressures are too high and they're living beyond their means if they think they can have four teams, which Mm -hmm. it would be very sad, but maybe it's inevitable. But also they've already agreed, although negotiations seem to be open-ended and ongoing, they've already agreed to drop the requirement that you can only play for Wales if you play in Wales. Right. The exception... I believe, was at 60 caps. People with more than 60 caps, like Dan Bigger, could play for too long. Mm-hmm. And now that is changing to 25 caps, which is a lot better. You still have to have played international rugby nonstop for four years to get 25 caps. So these aren't going to be youngsters, but they are possibly people late 20s who could be coming to the top 14 to earn the big bucks and still be going back to play for Wales. And it's not just about money. This really does change people's games. I'd like to think that Jack Willis has had his skills improved to the benefit of England from a few weeks playing in Toulouse. <laughs> but that's over-optimistic. But Chelsea and Colby certainly had a fantastic skills development whilst he was playing at Toulouse that benefited his country. So, And you know, players like James Haskell went over to play in Japan and some play in New Zealand. Frederick Michelak played in South Africa. It does affect their vision of the game and how they play it to the benefit of all. Playing internationally is is a very wise thing to do. Difficult to do with families, says he, who said both of us, who repatriated themselves in in their advance. So so it's going to be interesting and good for French rugby and for Welsh rugby, I think, in the long run. But, you Mm -hmm. know, it may hurt in the short term. Uh, all over the place. It may hurt on Saturday. I think the I think Wales are they, they, it's going to go one of two ways, isn't it? Either either Wales are going to be valiant fighters and show their anger and close the roof, and the crowd will get behind them singing "Sweet Caroline." They're allowed to, but not Delilah anymore. Yes, uh, that's a bit that's a bit too much. But oh, the world's being mad. A bit too woke for my liking. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, okay. I, <laughs> So, so, no, that's Wales versus England. I, th- I think I'm talking too much again. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> you, are, you are English at the end of the day, as well as French. You were saying earlier, when we had a private conversation, that you didn't think that the top 14 was that inspiring last weekend. <laughs> I, I would like to point out that our predictions were all right. Okay, um, what's a surprise, yeah. <laughs> but it was fundamentally... It, it, well, I'm biased because the Toulouse game was awful. But we lost to Toulon, who deserved to win, uh, mm-hmm. playing at, at Marseille. Yes, found forty thousand people. They they lost Sergio Parise to a red card in thirty yes, minutes. Yes, I, I I saw that. It was, it, it was really sad, wasn't it? It was. It, it was indeed. Like Dupont the week before, he had lost his father. Yeah, which is very sad. But, and he got a red card that was to, you know, totally straight up and down red. He turned somebody mm-hmm. over. There was no argument about it. And then there were 
pictures of him being helped by his teammates as he was crying. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's nearly bereaved, and every sympathy for that. But yes. also, across my mind, he's, he's also crying, possibly, because he, he everyone had been talking about the chance of Parise getting a last uh, Italian cap. Yes. A last international call-up to say thank yes. you for his career. And mm-hmm. that's what disappeared when he got his red card. Probably. Oh, gosh, because he's going to be booked for, for, for what, four or five weeks? Yeah, he's going to take a ban. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know whether that's the case. I haven't seen it mentioned in the press. I, it's, what, it's what struck me immediately. <laughs> not playing for your country is nothing compared to losing your dad. I'm not saying that, but the cumulative effect of all this and looking yes. forward to marking the end of his career, which it surely is. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think he'll be remembered for that. Kind. But uh, my point: Toulouse also got a red card with Elstadt overreacting, which is the worst kind of red card you can get because you're right. te- you're letting your teammates down. Mm-hmm. But it was just a really boring game. Um, so 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 that the interesting game of the week for me was Bayonne beating Stade Francais. Bayonne, mm-hmm. the darlings of this podcast, is twenty nine twenty six. At twenty-seven, at, at seventy-seven minutes, Stade Francais missed a conversion that would have given them the lead, and after the final whistle, Bayonne got a penalty that gave them the win. It's fantastic. Bayonne continue their unbeaten home run, which is extraordinary. Yes, and you. I believe they, they were two former teammates we used to play for for Clermont as well that met on the pitch. So you got Morgan Morgan Parra who played oh, for God. Stade Francais. And Camille Lopez will pay for Bayonne. So they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah that's the, a very, the old, very good The friends. old men got to shake. Camille Lopez was, a mess, was majestic again. His single-handedly yes. made a Bayonne that day. Yeah, they're, they're Wisconsin, the top six now. They're, they're no longer protecting their relegation. They're playing for the quarterfinals, which is fantastic and, and exciting and everything good about rugby. So, so, so that unsays the badness I said about the Toulouse match. Um, mm-hmm. the, the other one I loved was Perpignan versus Poe at the bottom of the table. Oh, yes. That, that finished 49-29, six tries to four. Perpignan are now off the bottom. A, a debut from an 18-year-old with number five on his back. Right. So an 18-year-old being that huge. And you think, he's doing rather well. And then you look and say, oh, he's, he has the surname of Trilagi. So another Trilagi hits the rugby ground, 18 years old, the son of Henry. So he's certainly one to watch out for. Massive guy who had a massive game. What a debut. Mm-hmm. So, so the story of the top 14 is no change anywhere on the table, really. Right. Except for the bottom, where there are now very clearly four teams fighting the relegation battle. And we really thought it was done and dusted a few weeks ago. Yes. Breve is at the bottom of 26. Perpignan mm-hmm. with 30. And then mm-hmm. Paul and Castres with 32. So it's not, you know, they're not that far away from each no. other. So anything could happen. Talking about Brive, Brive went to Paris and unfortunately suffered another de- defeat. Finn Russell. Who was on yeah. the bench, he didn't play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think they wanted to make sure he was in good shape for the game. Indeed, that's fantastic. Yes, yeah. And uh, oh, one thing, one of my favorite, Nolan Le Garek, uh, yeah. who is from Britain, who used to play for Van, who plays for Racing 92, trained with the team, but unfortunately is injured. So he won't be able to play for at least two or three weeks. So what a shame because he was nominated to play during the Italy-France game. 
Yeah. But he was never called upon. And yeah, uh, it's been selected already. He hasn't played yet. That, so no, yeah, no first cap yet. It would have been nice to see him. I think we're likely to see Penno and Ethan de Mortier on the wing against Scotland, aren't we? But Nolan is a number nine. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a number nine. It's a scrum half. I think it's likely that he's going to be replaced by by Baptiste Sohan, who plays for Toulon. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, okay, fantastic. I didn't see that. So, Racing beat Breve. Yeah. Toulon beat Toulouse. Bayonne. Fantastic. Oh, I'm afraid we've been talking badly of Castres, and Castres lost to La Rochelle 17-32, and as a result... Like in football, yes, they lost their trainer. I know, this is called Pierre, um, Pierre awesome. Yves Broncan, a lovely, lovely man who was extremely successful last year, but unfortunately, because of the latest defeats, you know, I think the owner of the club said, Well, let's have somebody. And guess what? You know, it's like a merry go round <laughs> among stupid, the coaches in the top 14. So, who's going to replace him? It's going to be the former coach of Rive, uh, <laughs> Davidson. So he's starting this week. It's so stupid. It's, it, it, that's the 18th day of 26. And this guy took Castro to the top 14 final last year. Uh, yes. Castro are 11th in the table. That's not yes. good. But does bring in a new trainer make it more likely or less likely that you're going to lose two points and be in the relegation zone? I think mm-hmm. it makes it more likely. But hey ho, this seems to be the trend this year, especially. And apologies, it's the curse of the curse of this podcast because every team we've mentioned is going down worryingly has lost their trainer. Mm, like uh, in Bordeaux, and, Clermont, uh, yes, <laughs> and now Castres and Brive, yes, obviously. That's correct, but it means it's a very, uh, what do you call it, a cutthroat uh, competition, and if you don't deliver the result. You know, they need to find, yeah. I suppose they need to find a culprit because it could be more than the manager's fault. It could be the players. It could be many, many other factors. So, yeah, I, I feel for, for Broncan, but I'm sure he will find a job very shortly. And apparently he may join the the staff of the French team after the World Cup. So I heard some, some rumors about it. So we'll see whether it happens or not. We'll see. And the, yes. other, the other game you might want to comment about because of trainers is, of course, Bordeaux-Bergle against Clermont. Oh, yes, of course. I think it was 18-9 to Bordeaux. I know. So, <laughs> so Monsieur Urias didn't win. <laughs> yes, but he won the time before, you know, so if you can win next time. And so tell me, oh, and Lyon-Montpellier, of course, Montpellier is going through kind of a rough patch. It was still 31-21, so it was a, a valiant game. Mm-hmm. It was. So let's talk about the game this weekend. Yeah. Okay. And the ranking as well. Oh, okay. Well, well the ranking hasn't really changed. There's Toulon and Montpellier switched in the middle, but that doesn't really count. And Perpignan and Brive switched at the bottom. So it was... So, so the ranking hasn't really changed. This weekend it could do, but all the games are rather predictable and all the games are predictable for a home win, um, which is a tricky place to be because the internationals are on and they're not the best internationals, but the top 14, we're here to be excited about it. So so Stade Francais versus Montpellier. 
these are good quality teams. Without yes. the internationals, it still be tough. It will mm-hmm. be tough and hard fought, but I think Stade Francais is so strong this year. That's got to be a home win against the current champions. But the current champions are ninth on the table, so they're not really holding up, are they? Mm-hmm. Um, Bayonne at home to Castres. We know that Bayonne at home have beaten everyone this year, so Castres aren't very strong. That'll be a home win. Bordeaux versus bottom of the table, almost Perpignan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like a home win again. La Rochelle. Oh, I'm not so sure about that. Oh, you think Perpignan See? might show some character? Yes. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised, actually. Uh, They're on a winning say, streak, yes. Not only a winning streak, but 49-29. Scoring 49 points in their last game. Shows yeah. great character as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be a nice one. I think La Rochelle Breve is going to be fairly one-sided. A close one, third in the table against fifth, is Lyon against Racing 92. Mm-hmm. Racing 92 without... Finn Russell, but they didn't use him last week. But even so, you'd expect a home win there. Lyon is a bit mm-hmm. of a fortress. Yes. Tonight, 9pm, ridiculous time, is Toulouse against Pau. Top of the table against third from the bottom. I'm likely to go to that, frankly, because I'd miss the Wales-England match. I'd watch it on an iPad or something silly. So, Toulouse against Pau, home win. They call that again. And the Sunday night one could be fun is Claremont against Toulon. You'd like to think that Claremont still have it in them to surprise, but they haven't shown much of that this season. But you know, our new broom, their new trainer, Christophe Urios, might pull something out, especially if Toulon overreached themselves last weekend with their very physical game against Toulouse. Mm-hmm. But on the whole, I'd say seven home wins. We'll see we'll whether see. you're correct or not. And I've got some stats for the top 14 and the attendance to the top 14 games have increased by 20% comparing to last year. That's fantastic. I wonder what explains that. What do you think explains oh, that? Our podcast, I suppose. I think without doubt, all the English <laughs> speaking people in France. <laughs> Of course. And then another record that happened last weekend. Are you guessing what it could be? No. Can you mentioned, no, you don't know. Was it the it number w- of tries? There were lots of Exactly, scoring. exactly. Oh, wow. There were 10 tries that, that were scored. Oh, wow. In the game between Perpignan against Pau. I, I knew that. It was six tries to four, wasn't it? Yes. And I, oh, and was that a record for the year? It yeah. was, exactly, for the year. Amazing. But that is good. There's quite a few high-scoring games uh, hitting the 30 points mark. In fact, yes. all, but, all but two of them had 30-odd points. Ah, that's exciting. I like sets like that. So, rugby friends, I hope you enjoyed our quick summary of the Six Nation game to come. And also, oh, and we forgot to mention about Italy versus Ireland. Yes. Oh, it's going to be a great game. I look forward to who, which French players, which top 14 players are, going to be, are we going to see? It's been announced that Paolo Carbisi will play this weekend on Saturday against Ireland. So... Yeah, very good news for the Azzurri. And we expect Ange Capiozzo to be flying on the wing. 
Mm-hmm. So, so no, I mean, that's a whole weekend of rugby. Italy versus Ireland, 2.15 p.m. English time. And then Wales versus England, if you need reminding, 16.45. Mm-hmm. And on Sunday, France versus Scotland, 3 p.m. Perfect pub time. Or we'll sit down in the afternoon. Glass of whiskey to support Scotland a little. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, touche. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to drink some good quality French wine. You have to have a bottle of French wine and a sip of whiskey. <laughs> Maybe you have some Scottish origins, but no, it's, it's important to, to support Le Bleu. And I really like the picture with Brennan Jr. Oh, it's lovely bumping into Daniel Brennan. He's so polite, he's so lovely. Obviously, he said then and then we have a photo saying that he always listens to the podcast. Daniel, always a pleasure to reach out to you. And he plays for Top 14 Club, which is Brive. Indeed, he was at Toulouse. He won the French under twenty. He ran the under twenties World Cup the year that Natamak and various other players won it down in Bezier. I was there. He's a great player, and that's Daniel Brennan, as opposed to Josh Brennan, who is currently making his debut, showing well at Toulouse. Oh, I see. I see. They're not related, are they? Of course they're related. They're the dynasty. The um, dynasty of the Brennan. The Brennan dynasty based around Toulouse. <laughs> well, it's, so I don't know all that the, the dynasty, the Toulouse, the, the Brennan's uh, Irish uh, Franco tree. So, okay. Ah. Well, I'm sure it's going to be a wonderful weekend of rugby. Can't wait. Ah. And yeah, let the best team win. Indeed. Although my money's on Ireland, England and France. <laughs> yes, that would do for me, but you never know. We can have a surprise again. Yes, respect your opposition and be ready for any, everything. Always respect your opponents. Yes. Au revoir. Au revoir. La pendule fait tic tac tic tic. Les oiseaux du lac pic tac pic pic. Glou 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche ding ding dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum. Avec lui dit boum et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille